Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Multitasker Podcast, the lifestyle podcast for people trying to excel in their career, maintain a social life, eat right, exercise, text everyone back, stay sane, and be happy. We have a very special episode for you today. So excited for Gio to introduce our guest, but before he does that, I'm going to introduce him. Your favorite co-host, Gio Johnson, is joining us today. Gio, what's up? Hi, what's up? Oh my God, Brianna gave me such a nice intro today. Just Someone a regular, straight up, no fluff introduction today. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast today? What what set the tone? I had buttered noodles because I'm Italian. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Giorgio, so I too am Italian. Yeah. And we have uh-huh. another Italian guest on the line, too. Yes. I'm Giovanni, uh, and I'm Italian. <laughs> yeah. um, this is the one and only Giovanni Samuels, who uh, I don't only work for, but she's also a really, really great friend. Um, extremely talented individual, um, not just as an actress, as you guys know, she's done all that. That's a Raven, Sweet Life, Bringing On Freedom, tons of things. I'm not going to run down the whole resume. But she's also a writer. She's about to executive produce her first series. She can also sing, but she don't. She be keeping that gift to herself. Yep. She's amazing, wife, mother, friend, um, encourager. She's just all around a um, dope individual. Um, and so I'm very, very, very excited to have her on today, especially for this subject, um, which is overcoming imposter syndrome because we help each other overcome it all the time. Listen, we we be each other hype man. We like. I can't do it anymore. And it's like, yes, you can. And then next week is me. (laughs) I can't do it anymore. And I'm like, no, yes, you can. Yeah. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the Giovanni Samuels. Thank you. Thank you very much. I stalled because I almost said your middle name. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put my government in the streets. Right. Welcome, Giovanni. So we have first things first. First things first. We have Giorgio who goes by Gio. We have Giovanni who goes by Gio. So who's yes. gonna be Gio today? Um I'll I'll be Madam Gio. Okay. Because that's what they call me on um production because Gio Johnson is directing the pilot that I'm yes. executive producer for. So it gets confusing everywhere we go. So <clears throat> you, can, Any, you can call me Giovanni know. or Madam Gio or whatever. Because I didn't come up with that name. They did. So. Right. The, Madam Gio. The production crew came up with Madam Gio. But anytime we're together, anywhere, and people know both of us and they say, Gio, we both turn just a and say, which one? Which one? <laughs> so, I feel like that's gonna happen today because I don't have it. I'm just gonna be like, Gio, I'll prepare it. I'll prepare it now. <laughs> if it yes. Well, we're glad to have you on the podcast today. And as you know, we love to get to know our guests real quick by jumping in the Facebook memories. So we do a segment called 10 Years Ago Today because nobody embarrasses me or tells the world who I am, like me on Facebook 10 years ago. So Madam Gio, if you want to share a status with us or even a post, if it's a picture, anything um, that happened to you 10 years ago. Um, 
I have one from eight years ago. And I think, and all of them at the, all of them are eight years. Like the Kevin Hart pose is an inspirational quote. Um, another quote that says love over fear. <clears throat> I have another quote that says beautiful minds inspire others. Um, and then this one says, stop trying to fix yourself. You're not broken. You're perfectly imperfect and powerful beyond measure. I think um, that's the one. Yeah. So I think at that time I was like really trying to encourage myself. Um, I think there's always a wave. It goes through the cycle. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I want to do this. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Am I doing it? I don't think I can do this. <laughs> you know, you, you go through this cycle. And at that time, my hashtag was go be great. So I was trying to not only push myself is like the, and I put in the quote, I said, the hardest thing for me is to believe it. I am my hardest critic. I am my worst enemy, but God can. And that's still happening today. <laughs> 10 years <laughs> later, it's just different challenges today. It's like, once you finally get over this one thing, it's like, Hey, new problems because you're a little older it's a, it's the same thing but it's different it's like well, how is it the same thing and it's different i don't understand but that's growing up that's life so i think that was probably the best quote so far yeah it was i love it <laughs> it's crazy because we do this segment and it's for us to get to know the guests and you know for our listeners to get to know us but it always comes out perfectly like to shape the conversation of what we want to talk about because we want to talk about imposter syndrome today and that that is the cycle right like we go in yeah. and we're so confident like we got this i'm gonna do this thing and then the closer you get to it it's like wait can i do it am i qualified should i do it i'm not gonna do it okay i'm gonna do it and that's i mean that's it <laughs> that's it really do you know I, mean? I mean <clears throat> Uh, the I'd say the biggest difference between then and now is I'm a mom now and that is a whole nother level of imposter syndrome because it's like dang I'm in charge of a little human like the decisions I make is gonna determine if he turns out to be a super villain or a decent human being <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> Not a super villain. <laughs> I want to go back a little bit, Madam Geo, because you jumped in talking about imposter syndrome now. And I want to just paint the picture more so of the career you've had and your experience and just getting to this point. So tell us, like, first, how long you've been working in the industry? What was your experience like? Like, how did that, how did you get started? Well, um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, about that. Um, uh, no, I I've been doing this professionally for over 20 years. Um, and I know, look at my youthful glow. How could you say you're only 20 years old yourself? Uh no. I yeah, I've been doing this for for a little over 20 years. I started um 
I started acting when I was about four. And I told my mom I wanted to be in the box. And I was pointing to the TV. And I told her, I said, that's what I want to do. So I knew from a very strong age that this is it for me. This I'm doing that. That looks amazing. And she put me in dance, theater, I went to performing arts schools. Um, and then an opportunity came up. I did traveling theater for a while as a kid. And an opportunity came up where, you know, those like cheesy, hey, do you think you want to be a star kind of radio <laughs> things? I do not recommend those. Um, but by the grace of God, I actually met somebody legitimate and got an agent at kind of some way through there. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Like I was determined, like nothing was going to stop me. I, the power of manifestation, the power of believing yourself is absolutely real. When you have that goal or mindset set, you're going to do everything you can to get it. But in the midst of that, that's where it gets hard because you, you, you start questioning, okay, this isn't going as planned. This is going to my schedule. This isn't, this isn't how I thought it was going to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. You start questioning if you're good enough or if you can do this anymore. And in that, 20 plus year span, I definitely have felt that. Like there have been times where I was like, yo, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm tired. Like, think about it. I started my career in my teens, my early teens. Most people don't start their career until late 20s, 30s. So I've been doing this for a while. If I was to be at a regular corporation, I would be retired. That's right. But I'm still going. I'm still doing this. I don't know anything else. I don't want to do anything else. But you do have to give yourself space and time to grow, especially if you're a child star. Because you still have to grow up. You still have to be human. You still have to experience life. Because that's our job as actors is to imitate and art, imitate life into art. So as a child star, were you in school still? Like, were you still around other kids or what was that like? Um, yeah. <laughs> Even though I went to a performing arts school, they still tried to jump me every day after school. So like the first oh, no. year, yeah. So that, yeah, yeah, it sucked. It sucked balls. Um, the first, <laughs> yeah, the first year that I was on all that, um, because we shot the so show in the summertime and it didn't air until the fall, like mid, late fall, I didn't tell anybody. Oh, wow. I didn't tell anybody. What did you do for your summer vacation? Oh, I just spent some time in LA. I My mom made it. She said, don't you tell nobody. They just going to find out on their own. Mm -hmm. Because people are jealous that they can't do what you do. 
because they don't believe in themselves to do it. So they hate on you. So with me being at the one of the most prestigious performing art schools in San Diego, pretty much in California, and I'm on a TV show, them wolves came out. Yeah. The girls on my bus not, tried to jump me every day after school. For but not just a TV time. show. Like one of, and and they did a search. Like they 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 looked for a long time for um, the kids because this was one was, of the first. That this was picked. the resurgence of all that. Right. This was the resurgence. This was season seven. Wow. So remember, I'm we're going up against the legacy of Keanu Kell, Amanda Bynes. You know, all all of them, and they're doing a whole new cast, and I'm the only black girl. Out of how many people's? And I'm there every Saturday, plastered all over the place. This was before social media, too. Mm. Mad hate. Mad hate. So those girls tried to jump me every day after school. So it was either I had to fight or run. And I was like, you know what? I only need like three more credits to graduate. So I graduated a year and a half before my class. How did you stay motivated when all of that was happening? All of that. But when when all that was <laughs> happening, and I mean, by all that, I mean the things with your school and your classmates, um, because so, you said you were, you were passionate about it, but that's a lot to yeah, take on. It, it is. But so the first year or so, nobody really knew until it aired in the fall. And then my teacher announced it on the intercom in front of the entire school because he was proud of me. So that's how everyone kind of found out and things started to shift. And um, I knew, so San Diego is a great place to retire or a great place to raise your kids. It's even though it's a big city, it still has very much a small town mentality. And I knew I'm not staying here. Because if you stay here, you're going to get stuck. So I always knew I was never meant to stay in San Diego. I was never meant to stay at that school. I That was always my focus. I, I said to myself, I'm going to be famous before I'm 16. That was the motivation I said to myself. So anything I needed to do to get there without compromising my dignity, that's what I did. And then the other thing, my, well, what, what do you want to call her? I guess you call her like a god sister. She said the seven Bs. She said that to everybody. Seven Bs. So it was the seven Bs. Books before boys because boys bring babies. I said, okay. That is like <laughs> one of the five Ds of dodgeball. <laughs> uh-huh. Dodge, dip, dip, dodge, and duck. That- yeah, seven books before boys because boys bring babies so I was like I don't really like books but I'll read a script so that was that was my motivation I was like I don't have time for y'all foolishness you are not going to get in the way of my dream so that was act one of my life and when I got there I loved it 
Yeah. Everything that I had, I I relish every freaking moment of it. I was the one that was taking pictures all the time because I never wanted to miss a moment. And that's why I have so many freaking pictures now. When Gio comes to my house, he looks at my scrapbooks and I have I those were my yearbooks because I I was done with school and I didn't get a yearbook. So each season that I was on the show was considered my yearbook. And you have to yeah. think, we're we're growing together. We're doing a show together. We're kids together. So when we do our reunions, that's like our high school reunion. That's like our time to reminisce because that is not normal to be on TV at a young age and to do it excellently and well and enjoy and get paid to play. Yes, yeah. it is still a job at the end of the day, but that is what I remember about my childhood the most is I got paid to play and I loved it. But also I knew that all that series regular big TV show like that, that was my first job. Mm. That does not happen. <laughs> okay. No, for real. <laughs> there, have, there have been several uh, people who have been doing this business a lot longer than I have and haven't even gotten uh, a reoccurring, let alone a series regular as their first job. I did not take anything for granted. Yeah, I mean, you have to fight for your life, Jesus. Uh <laughs> <laughs> That's the part she says so much, and we're still no. second. You got, you had to fight after school. I did, I did, <laughs> and I told my mom, I told the school, I told the bus driver because they, they was, they was sneaky, so they would wait until we get off the bus, off of school property, off of, you know, away from school sanctioned so their insurance wouldn't have to cover it they waited until we got off the bus wow no but inside that you you talked about the fact you basically manifested that moment yeah you manifested I, yeah. your yeah. way you said before 16 i'm going to be famous and famous you mm -hmm. were as the lead of the of the comeback season of one of the most iconic kids shows the first one to be cast the only black girl, mm -hmm. and it was your first your first job. Mm -hmm. So there was there was a lot in that where it was almost like God held that moment for you and was like, "Here, you said you wanted it, you worked for it. Here you go." Yeah, I and, I and in that, so this is where the imposter syndrome comes into play. And that's so, what I was going to ask. <laughs> you you work for it. You get it. You get exactly what you set out to do you enjoy it okay what next mm -hmm. i was lost because i had accomplished everything on my list before my set time i'm trying to oh you know i'm oh yeah by 16 i'm gonna be famous by this age i'm gonna be nominated for an Oscar. Like I, I, I wish I still had that list because I had it by age bracket exactly what I was going to do, and most of those things I did before my set age time that I set for myself. 
So when it happened, I was like, I don't know what to do. So I kind of just went numb and floated and just kept acting because I was in default mode. I was like, okay, uh, I guess I'll just keep doing this. And then when I hit about 25, I'd say, I call that that age bracket. When you hit about 25 to 28, I call that your second puberty. Now, what I mean by that is you are at the age where you are no longer, oh, you're 20, you're young. You're at the age where you're not, you don't, you're not giving grace anymore. You're a full-fledged adult. Exactly. And it hits you. So it's like your your puberty of adulthood. You're you're finally crossing into it, and they're not gonna give you any grace anymore. Uh, you're off your parents' insurance. You're you are officially out of college. You are not in a routine, and everything is all responsible for you. So, granted, it was a little different for me because I didn't go to school because I was still working. Um, I think by that time. I don't know. I don't remember what show I was doing or or whatnot, but I was working nonstop. And I needed I needed to stop because I was starting to get jaded. And I wasn't at peace with myself because I had spent my entire childhood, teen years, 20-ish years pretending to be somebody else wow yeah so i needed i needed i needed a break i needed a moment to figure out what i wanted to do who i was and i started teaching so that's when i started really teaching full-time because it was like okay i'm never gonna stop acting but i need to shift my perspective and remember why I'm doing this. So that's where my passion for teaching started to come into play because it seeing other people get it. Seeing other people have that light that I used to have reminded me like, mm, that's it right there. And I did that for a, a while. I did it for a long time. I traveled across the country teaching acting classes, genuinely helping out people. I didn't like how the industry, that particular part of the industry um, was scamming people. And I didn't want my name part of that. So this goes back to get again to me always doing everything with integrity. Because that is not common in, in show business. I want to go back to something you said because I think it hit me. It hit me when you said it, but it hit me later too, which is <laughs> I I had to find myself because I spent the earlier part of my years being someone else. And mm -hmm. when you said that, it's like, oh yeah, we all do that. But no, you literally, you were acting like you were being other people. Mm -hmm. So you never really got the opportunity to be yourself. And that that's crazy to think about on both levels. Cause even at that age from teens to the early twenties, cause early twenties are definitely 
puberty part two. Um, but even just like thinking about my experiences and not acting, you go through that anyway because you're you're moving through just different phases of life and being introduced Absolutely. to so many different things. Absolutely. And you have to shift and mold to just fit into those places and spaces. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, is this really me? And you look up and you're like, who who am I and what I, what do I want to do? So that just to think of it on on those two levels, I'm like, wait a minute, we have to we need to highlight that because that's that's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I've seen, um, I've been blessed to see these random moments of like people that we look up to in the industry, like that we would think are untouchable or legends. Give you your flowers, like Wayne Brady. <sighs> that's randomly, so yeah, randomly coming into a clubhouse room one night. There's maybe. And it, it was one of those things you had to be there. There were what maybe 12 of us in that room just, yeah. just talking about nothing. Um, and in pops Wayne Brady in the audience of the clubhouse room, and we're like, Is that Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady? And invite him up. And he said, Well, I came in because I saw Giovanni, and I just want to yeah, say, like, you are just so amazing and so talented. I I, I just can't wait to work. And it was it was just such that a beautiful still makes moment. Me cry. Like it made me cry. It was Wayne Brady. <laughs> no, and that's that's the thing. Like that that's another part of the imposter syndrome. So, oh, she had to take the glasses off, y'all. Oh no! I just did the work. I did what I love to do. I didn't think anything of it. And people like that see you and give you your flowers. And again, like I said, I've been doing this for 20 years. For me, I don't feel like I'm there yet. But to have somebody of that high regard, to have somebody like pour into you and say that you're great, when you don't feel great yourself, I'm still learning how to accept that. Because, going back to the quote, I don't feel like I'm there yet. I don't feel like I've measured up to the to that list that everyone sets for the... Everybody has a list. If you don't have a list, you're lying or lazy. It's one of the two. If you don't have a list, you're lying or lazy. That's a that's a bar. If I just I think about that feeling, like <laughs> it's kind of speechless because how do we get there? Like, how do we get to the point where we've done so much work and we've accomplished so many things? And we know in the moment when we're doing them, like, oh, I did that. That was that was a huge deal. But we get beyond those points and we still don't feel qualified. That that would be going into act three for me. So I would say social media, because when I was on TV, social media didn't really exist. Mm-hmm. And so even talking to some of my mutual friends or colleagues that I grew up in the industry with, because we did, it's a discipline. So it's a very distinct discipline. You can tell who the actors are before social media and after social media. Definitely. Yep. 
Okay, so the ones that came up before social media and actually worked, we have a discipline about us that it's just it's it's about the work. It has always been about the work. It's about the craft. It's about, you know, doing the lines, hitting those cues. And a lot of people may say that that's old school, but these kids today. And I sound, I'm putting some age on myself by saying kids, but these kids today that are coming up, Insta famous, whatever, don't have the skill set or the discipline for the longevity. Everything is instant. So these kids that are growing up now in the industry, it's all about the glitz, the glamour. But can you carry a show? Do you know how to do this? Or are you only good for is 15 seconds? Mm. Giving you the new meaning of 15 seconds of fame. Yeah. So when I got on social media, even now, I didn't have a lot of followers. When Gio met me, first met me, he was like, why do you only have like Barely 10,000 followers. What? What is this? Do you know who you are? No. Because I grew up just doing the work. I didn't see or care. I don't want to say care about being famous. Because that's not that wasn't my goal. My goal was to work. Because I loved and respected the business and the craft. So that's a question a lot of people have to ask themselves. Do I want to be famous or do I want to work? And for a lot of people, it is the is the former. So if you want to be famous, then you're just you'll do just about anything. Mm-hmm. But because I respect the craft and I want to work, I handle everything I do with integrity. And that's what creates longevity in your career. Yeah. So, but even with that, if you know, and I say, I guess I'll say we, if we know these things, because I've I've experienced the same feelings, and we know that we're doing things in excellence, and we know that we're handling things with integrity, and we know that we have the resume and we have the skill set. Why do we still get stuck in these mental places where it's like, I'm not qualified? I think. Can I jump in right there? Yeah, of course. Just from my perspective, I I think, and I'm speaking for me, it's when you've, I I, I said this last week, I don't brag on myself a lot. I don't. I'm a person that just literally believes in giving everyone else their flowers. But it's the thing of, I know I'm dope. I don't need to tell you what I do. Most of the time when I meet people, I've learned not to tell them what I do because I want you to get to know me for me. But when I look at other people who, who like we said, want this for the fame or the clout, chasing. To, the clout chasing or do have to work and they're getting opportunities because they're, they decide to go the non-integral route or they do things that are not favorable and they get the opportunities. It's like, well, why am I not good enough? That part. I'm, that I'm right, part. That part. See, I'm doing the work. I'm doing it well. 
I've put in my time. I've paid my dues. I've been respectful. I've been professional. I show up on time. Yes. I invest I, I invest my money into this. I stay away from the mess and the drama and I still don't get chosen. I still am not seen as talented enough. I'm still not seen as worthy enough. That does weigh on you. Yeah. Does it mean that what I'm doing is wrong? Does it take away from my talent? No. But then when you look at the other side and you said, I have the credentials, but you still won't let me through the door. They <laughs> have not done the work, but you still let them in. What, what am I missing? Yep. And so yeah. in the midst of that, Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I've learned that sometimes God is protecting me and preserving me. What I see is a missed opportunity. It, it, it's very much Burr and, Ham, and uh, Hamilton. He wanted to be in that room so bad, but what he did not know was on the other room were dirty deals being made. Mm-hmm. On the outside of that room was my integrity being protected. So I could not be in a place where it could be compromised. Or sometimes what, even if I went into that room and still said no, what that meant was now I could be blackballed by these people or made to look a certain way. So instead, God says, I'm not even going to put you in that room at all. I'm not going to give them the opportunity to corrupt you or for them to speak ill of you because you wouldn't be corrupted. That's good. And so. And that that has happened more times over in my career. Um where I I thought I was like dang I really want this role like oh my god like why this is it this is it this is gonna take me there blah 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 and I didn't get it or I was number two which happens a lot um and to hear my friends who did get it or whatever hear what goes down on set I was like ooh mm-hmm. Or to see the movie completely flop? Ooh. Yeah. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. <laughs> or or in my case, um, so I have been working nonstop all the time. And I ended up, my husband and I, we ended up getting pregnant with my son. And it was, it was very hard for me because for me in my head, I was like, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Like I, I had literally, God had to impregnate me with a child to make me stop. Because if I kept going, I think I would have lost my mind. I would have completely burnt out and destroyed everything everything (laughs) (laughs) and that time period at the time I mean looking at it I was mad I did not want to sit down I didn't want to be pregnant I didn't want none of it because I saw everybody else career just take off we were all in the same spot and then all of a sudden they left and I'm mom but in that time it gave me a chance to breathe to grow to have a family all of those things that all my friends that took off they so desperately want 
And I'm at a place in my career now where things are starting to shift for the better. Better than what I originally set for myself. Because it's about timing. If you are prepared and you do the work and you do your stuff with integrity and you have a great reputation, your name is going through doors that you may not be. And in that time, when everything lined up, I didn't have to work as hard for it because my resume spoke for myself. And I felt like, dang, all that hard work I did, I do deserve this. Wow. Maybe I am the shit. Yes. <laughs> Just maybe. Definitely. Wow. But sometimes you gotta you gotta like boss yourself up. Like absolutely. You got you have to do that. And that's yeah. that's one of the things like when I talk to clients about imposter syndrome and overcoming imposter syndrome that is my number one thing is keep receipts and pull them at all times because mm-hmm. you have to know who you are what you've done and I think that's also why I love the, the Facebook memories so much because you look <laughs> back and yeah sometimes it's embarrassing but it also is a great reminder of where you've been what you've done and mm-hmm. just an affirmation of where you are now and how you got there and and why you are suited to be exactly where you are. Um, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to segue and share my Facebook memory because it, it actually was uh, 12 years ago. So a little further than 10 years ago, but I'm standing in the baby fat showroom. (laughs) Shout out. to (laughs) And so I used to, when I was in college, I had an internship with Baby Fat. And even just getting to that, I had to overcome imposter syndrome. We used to go to, so Teen Vogue used to have a fashion like conference um, in New York. And so we would go, we being me and a few friends, we would go. And one year we went and Kamora Lee Simmons was doing a, a talk, I don't, a session. And when you register for her session, they talked about how like you could put together a project and apply for an internship. And I was like, because uh, I wasn't studying fashion. So I was like, eh, should I do it? But I knew I wanted to work in fashion. So it was like, I'm not doing it, but I should do it. But I was, I, I had all these qualifications, but I did. And I just felt like I was in this middle ground. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I applied for the internship and I got it. And what they wanted us to do was come up with an idea of how to promote baby fat and um, they would fund it. And so I said, I wanted to do a fashion show and I also had a study group on campus. So they, for the duration of the internship, they sent me clothes, monthly clothes and like other things. Like I had bags and accessories. Um, They did that monthly. They funded the fashion show. They sent clothes and shoes and it was like a big deal on campus. And it was um, around when, there was the disaster in Haiti. So we actually did a Hope for Haiti event that was a fashion show and ended up being like partially a concert too because we had an artist come. But all of that was done. And on the other end of it, going into my career and wanting to work in fashion, I still was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and and, it, and it's just like, 
seeing this picture and just seeing how happy I was and just remembering how much work I had to do to get to and through that internship is just that reminder of like, no, first of all, it was a big deal. But when you overcome that imposter syndrome, you're able to see levels for yourself that you wouldn't have been able to see if you would have been stuck in it. And so that's my memory that I wanted to share. Shout out to Baby Fat. (laughs) I was like, one more thing about that too is I was doing work that for them to get into the internship, like putting together proposals and marketing plans and things like that, that I still do today. Not necessarily in that in that way because it was 12 years ago and, you know, systems have shifted a little bit. But just being able to have that know-how. So to your point, Madam Geo, when you talk about all of the experiences, whether they are experiences that you feel like are like huge deals or if it's just something in the interim to get you to the next thing, there's learning experiences and opportunities and everything. And you never know how those things are going to come together for your biggest opportunity. And I mm-hmm. think it's just important to to stay, to remain excellent in everything that mm-hmm. you do and Absolutely. open to the learning. That is uh, do everything with an excellence. Yeah. That is what my mom drilled into me. That in between um, to who much is given, much is required. Yes. And she's always said you have a big calling and a gift upon your life so things are going to be different and harder for you Mm. and I was like but I don't want all that I just I just want (laughs) to why 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 I gotta be that so (laughs) it just feel like you're more prepared now like you're like okay things are gonna be harder like I'm ready or it's just like you're still not It, it just happens and you're still like okay like you just deal with it uh, no, I didn't like it. I, I hated it. I hated hearing that all my life. I'm, I'm also a PK. So a uh, pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. I, uh, that's all I heard from a very, very young age. So when I got the show, they were like, see, this is only step one. This is only the beginning. And as I got older, I kept hearing it, kept hearing. I was like, I don't want it. <laughs> They're like, mm-hmm. your next blessing is around. I said, around the corner. I said, this is a very long corner. I don't like <laughs> this corner. What kind of block is this? <laughs> I <laughs> just stop kicking and screaming. Do what you're supposed to do. Keep going. And I just, I, I, I'm reminded of Joseph. Even though yeah. Joseph was thrown in a well, he was still protected. Even though Joseph was thrown in prison, he was still the highest regarded prisoner and had a great relationship with everybody where he went. And then when he got into the big house, he was still at a level of excellence. No matter what level he was at, no matter what he did, he still did everything with a spirit of excellence and a spirit of humbleness and grace. And he kept getting promoted. Even in those dark spaces, he was still promoted and covered. Yeah. Yep, that's it. I have another question for you. So now you're working with actors um, in your workshops. What are some of the things that you do to mentally prepare them to feel confident and overcome imposter syndrome? 
Break them down, then build them up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I... we get all the trauma out the way first, and then we'll... <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> He's <open>. no, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, 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 I give people the truth. You know, I, I, I tell people the the honest truth, and I'm I rather help you than hurt you. And I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but this is this is this is a business first. And if you can't understand that, they don't care how old you are. This is a business first. If you're not prepared for that aspect of it, then don't. And this is the other thing I tell parents. I said, let your kids be kids. This is always going to be here. If you keep pushing them and doing this because you're fame hungry or you like the clout chasing, you're going to destroy your tiny human. Mm-hmm. Because you're not giving them a chance to be a kid. And then they're going to end up crazy. Like some people I'm not going to (laughs) name. I'm like, do they have the same first three letters as you? Ah! (laughs) I don't know. I don't know his story. I will not comment on that and I will not engage because this has been a beautiful conversation so far. So I'm going to disregard your statement, Bree, and tell you that you are a lovely person. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. That's growth. That is growth. <laughs> yes. No. Um, what I can say is because I, I before I uh, became friends with Giovanni, I was a student. Um, she does what a lot of the industry doesn't do, which is makes you very aware of what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are. And in doing that, it's easier to have someone, you know, connect with what they're doing. She's very much an encourager, but she's going to be honest. And I think a part of being an encourager is being honest. A lot of times we think encouraging someone means that we just tell them all the good things. No, it means telling them the bad things and then leading them on how to make, how to get out of those good things, but also letting them know the positive within that. Um, Because me encouraging you and only telling you the good is a hindrance if I don't tell you what you also are, you know, need to work on. So Giovanni is great at that. And she does, you know, with a, uh, with a spoonful of sugar, you know, (laughs) Um, or a cupcake. Listen, I we'll tell you when when we stop recording. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and because of that, because I do everything with integrity and because I've always made my business decisions that way and being kind, I still have a phenomenal relationship with people that I no longer work with. And if I need them, I can call them at any time. And they'd be like, hey, Gio, with welcome arms, because they know I'm not gonna call them with no mess. I'm gonna come with it done 
professionally well and with integrity. Like, okay, I'm uh, with no hesitation. I'll do it because they know my my name is going to come with order. Facts. Yeah, which is why I'm proud to work for her. I quit my job to work for GS Acting Workshops. So. And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. And now this is the other part of the imposter syndrome where because I have people like Gio Johnson or other people believe in me that much to do something that drastic, I go, oh, snaps. What am I doing? Oh, my God. Now I'm responsible for this. Oh, I'm panicking. What I like, <laughs> it gets bad. It's like I start stressing, I start freaking out. I'm like, okay, God, you you said this was I, I didn't tell this man to quit his job, but I need to pay him, so make this happen. So yeah, but that's that's what I'm going through now. This is a new level of responsibility, a new part. Like, can I really pull this business off? Yeah. And it really help people and it be profitable. That's exactly what I was going to say when you said that. New levels, bringing new experiences and new types of imposter syndrome. Yes. Like you don't, you don't just get over it for life. It is around and it'll come back up and creep back up on you. But if you, if you know how to get through it and push through it, you'll be all right. And you will get paid. Yes, it definitely <laughs> evolves. Like it, it's before when I first got it, um, I could only just worry about myself. So I was like, oh, okay. No, now I got a new motivation to hustle because I have employees I have to pay. Mm -hmm. And I, it, 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 like I said, it's a new grind. It's a new level. It's a new experience. It's like, oh my God, how do I, how, again, who much is given, much is required. So I've been giving this gift, giving this newfound responsibility. And if you look at it from that perspective, more is going to, more work is going to come out of it, but it's only going to be for your benefit. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. We've gotten all those Facebook memories out the way. We've encouraged. Uh, not yours, sir. Not yours. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. You tried. I didn't read mine. No, no sir. I thought I went first. No, you did not. You thought. Who said that? Wow. You, you really tried it. You was you tried to wrap us up. You I sure did. Sneaky mm. man. No, 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 no. Where you at? Hmm. <laughs> Go um, ahead, Giorgio. First given the eye of the God who is the head of my life. <laughs> it always has to be so dramatic with you. <laughs> You knew who I was when you met me. Jesus now. Get it done. Okay. So the first part of this will only apply to uh, people who live in Chicago. Um, it said, just left the conference. My <laughs> my panel with Ramonski Love from V103 went great. Yes, On my so way to the... You're right, Ramonski Love. On my way to set for the movie now. Um... Mind you, I have no idea what movie I was filming. No idea. Couldn't tell you. Uh, it was probably some low-budget Chitlin' Circuit movie. This is when I was very early in my career and naive and green. I'm being honest. Hey, <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Listen, 
And the reason I can't tell you what movie it is because that movie probably never came out. I probably have never seen it. Um, yeah, thank God. Um, but the the panel I was doing was a, a was about cyberbullying. So this was a um, a father's like workshop, a men's empowerment workshop, and I was the youngest speaker there. And I didn't know that until I got there. Somebody who worked for B103 um, in the production office asked me to come and was like, hey, I want you to do this panel with Ramonsky Love. And I'm like, Ramonsky Love? He's a legend. <laughs> but those who don't know from the highways and byways, V103 in Chicago is the is is the old school the and R&B session. Yeah. yeah. For us, it's the old school and R&B. In some other cities, it's like the hip-hop station. Mm-hmm. But for us, it was the Dusties and the and the as they call it in the uh, new school R and B. So I was that was a pretty big deal because Ramonsky Love had been on the radio since we were children. Um, Bri, if you remember, because I believe he started on WGCI. Yep. So I'm excited. Um, so this was yeah. So at this time, I'm like 21, 22. I'm really just getting started in my career, but I was very tech savvy at that time. Um, I was the person who kind of just always jump head first and knew how things work. So when they asked me to do this on cyberbullying, I was like, yeah. And so I'm thinking there's going to be other um, young people on the panel. No, it was just me sitting on this side with Ramonsky Love and then sitting across from like three to four older men who are asking me like, well, how do we... And then, uh, of course, this whole uh, arena full of men it was about four or 500 men there asking questions about, well, how do we stop cyberbullying? What does it look like? How do we protect our children? And I'm like, when I first arrived, I'm looking like, where are the other 20-year-olds? Why is everybody else so... Looking um, at me. Right. And so they had panels throughout the day, and I just kept saying, I was like, maybe the, the younger people are coming later. No, it was just me. Um, and so looking back on that, I did have imposter syndrome before I got up on that panel because I was like, it's just me. And these people are looking to me to be the voice for this moment. And, um, I remember afterwards just getting a lot of praise from these, um, older men saying like, this was great. Thank you. You educated us. You made us more knowledgeable of how I can help my children or younger people that I work with. And I was like, I just told you what I knew. I just so what, and, and I think the thing is, is when you, when something comes second nature to you, you don't see it as yes. a big deal. You don't see it as hey. a gift. Say that again. Exactly. Yeah. That's it, right there. Repeat that, Gio. When something comes second nature to you, when something comes second nature to you, you it's hard for you to see it as a gift or something special. Right. But the reason right. it comes second nature to you is because God knew that you would not take advantage of it. So that's why you don't see it as something special. It's implanted into your DNA. It's just very natural to you. Um, and, and, and so that's what it is to have a gift. It's not something you have to work hard for. It is something you have to cultivate mm-hmm. and protect. But yeah. when it's just mm-hmm. right there and it's natural for you, you it's hard for you to see it when people are hyping you up and saying, oh, my God, this was so good and so great. It was like, yeah, I do this all the time. What you? But when you step back and see you're the rarity in that situation versus the other people who can't do this or are not knowledgeable of this. And I had to get to the point where I was, cause I, I used to be very like irritated by like, why, what do you, what do you mean? This is hard for you. This, 
No, it's not. It's very simple for me. For me, right. it's because it's so, my job. Ooh. To... Yes. So coming back to social media, I didn't know how, how much of a big deal I was until I got on social media. Because for me, it was just I'm I'm just doing my job. I'm just just on TV. I'm just the only black girl on TV. I was just playing. So when I got on social media and people were telling me their stories and like how much of an impact I was, or I loved my natural hair because I saw you with locks and you know, blah, 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 and kind of going on and on, or I, I I waited to see you on TV. Hearing that blew my mind and still does. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and the first night that we did that Kids' Choice Award TikTok, I remember you like just sitting there like in awe of the comments because at that point, I think you were a little over a thousand followers. Yeah. And I... And I told her, and she's like, first of all, she didn't want to do the TikTok. She was like, oh, my God, okay, whatever. She was very nonchalant <laughs> about it. And I told her, I said, watch what happens. And she's just like, yeah, okay. Because she had been posting, but nothing had popped off. I said, watch this. And we posted it, um, I think, to my page first. Because I had a little bit more traction going to her. And my page was all about nostalgia. So I'm, I do this thing. And you guys, maybe I'll put it, I'll give it to you, Bree, so you can post it on the Instagram page so people can see it. That'll yeah. be our little post for the week shucky ducky um but um i hold up her kids choice award and i bring her into the frame and we just do like this nick fun fact moment about the history of kids choice awards that most people don't know it's a kaleidoscope whatever and so we post it and we put our phones down i think we're watching the movie and you went off to do something and your phone is next to me and it's just like zzz, zzz, just buzzing like crazy. It would not stop. It would not stop. And I said, look at your phone. I said, go look at your phone. And she looks and the followers are like coming in by the droves. Yeah. And then the comments. You are the reason that I want to get into acting. You were the first person I saw that looked like me. You represented mm -hmm. for the thick girls. My natural hair. I I loved my locks because of you. I, I and it was just like this outpouring of love on top of love on top of love. People saying, "I need you back on my television." You were the first piece of representation. I I can't I I can't pinpoint a negative comment that came in on that video. There wasn't one. No, there wasn't no. one. There was wasn't you one know, at all. Uh, I think when we talk about social media and like losing our identity there, I absolutely believe that you have to know who you are before you get on social media. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of people reminding you, like we don't want people to identify who we are for us and define all those things. But once you're, once you know who that is, who you are and what that is, and you go to social media or you go to your friend circles allow them to remind you and like hype you up because to it to geo's point you do things so naturally and you don't think they're a big deal i know i don't i'm like oh yeah i knocked that out and it takes 
people in my group chats, friends in my group chats to be like, wait a minute, that was a big deal. Like, wait, 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 <laughs> don't, don't just rush past that. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so for you to have that experience on social media coming full circle, because in the beginning of this episode, you said social media was a part of your, your imposter syndrome, like that coming on because people were getting, uh, jobs and, and different experience opportunities that you weren't able to get because of their social media. So for you to come full circle in act three, I think we are, and mm -hmm. have social media reaffirm you and who you are and what you do and the importance of your place in our culture is, I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I wouldn't even say this is act three. This is the sequel. This is the next chapter. This is, we, we mm -hmm. all have, this is the to be continued portion because we still live in it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Because of all of that, and shout out to my fans in Brazil. Yes. <laughs> I have fans in Brazil. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. <laughs> Once again, Aggressive social media. fans in Brazil. Yo, Brazil <laughs> goes hard for me. I can't wait to go to Brazil. Like, hey, y'all, I'm here. Like, yo, <laughs> give me So hard that I'm they here. follow me and, like, went through and, like, did a mass like on my stuff. And were like. Just to get to her. <laughs> and, and then asked me, is she coming back? I said, I don't know. I don't, I, don't know. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I I love it. I'm I'm thankful for it. I see it and I'm just I'm thankful for it. I see it and I'm just like I said, I'm just going to continue to do the work. I'm going to continue oh to do the work and let my represent my uh you know, my resume speak for itself and more will come and more will follow. I know I'm not done yet, but I'm at peace with where I am. And when you're at peace with yourself, then more will be given to you. Absolutely. You, you, God's not going to hand you nothing if you're a train wreck. If, you, if you're, not, one, a train wreck, two, not content where you are. And there's a difference between settling and content. So... Being content where I am, I'm thankful for where I am. I'm thankful that this has now come full circle. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that I've had the time to reset so that I could take on the next big thing that's supposed to happen. Yeah, the other last two things on my list. Yeah, well, we're so thankful for everything that you've done. In the industry, everything that you've done for our culture, everything that you've done and accomplished in your life, we're thankful for you joining us today on the episode. Um, where can people you find you? How can they? Because you didn't. First of all, okay, <laughs> that's the part where we got. Oh, you see, I got to smack my lips. That's the part where we have to hype you because you didn't have to be here. Okay, you, you could have said here. no. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us, and we appreciate. I, it. Yeah, it'd it be like that sometimes because I <laughs> show was missing my sleep and my pancakes right yes. now. So, <laughs> so thank you so much. <laughs> Where can people find you and connect with you and stay in tune? Uh, GiovanniSamuels.com. Uh, that is my personal website. You can go to gsactingworkshops.com if you want to book any acting classes, any one-on-one -on -one sessions with me or some of my other colleagues. Uh, on social media, on all platforms, it's only the number one, Giovanni. Uh, that's Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Who uses Snapchat anymore? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, TikTok. I'm, I'm on them all. So, but I, like I said... I'm mostly on Instagram and TikTok. 
but yeah. Awesome. I'll be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Guys, if you haven't already, make sure you're following Giovanni Samuels on all platforms. Make sure you're following the Multitasker podcast on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave a review, leave a rating, play it back, share it with friends, do what you need to do. Run the numbers up. We love you so much. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. 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 That, that, that don't kill me can only make me stronger I, I need you to hurry up now cause I can't wait much longer I know I got to be right now cause I can't get much stronger man I've been waiting all night now that's how long I've been on ya